Hello and welcome. Today's episode will piggyback off of episode 7. Um, on episode 7, my tone was low and I could actually barely hear the replay. So I decided to clarify the information and I was talking about homeschool and my son who was diagnosed with autism. I think that I was using a low tone because everyone was asleep at the time. So my productivity note has been made and the note simply states to do it right or do it over. Anyways, I apologize. Today's episode will be a clarification episode. Today is December the 21st. It is approximately 6.45 p.m. And everyone is awake around here, so please excuse any behind-the-scenes noises. I have three children and four grandchildren. My daughter is 33, and um, she has one child. And my son, my oldest son, he's 29, and he has three children. I also have a 14-year-old son whom I homeschool. And he is lovingly nicknamed Pop. So if you hear me talking about Pop, that's who I'm speaking of. When Pop was born, we knew he was different. We would tap his hands as a toddler. You know how you tap the little baby hands and say, no, stop that. And he would look at us with a blank stare. Um, He didn't seem to catch on to the word no. And so um, we took him to the doctor when he was around two years old and I mentioned to the doctor that something was wrong but I didn't have a pseudo diagnosis and that just means that since I'm a nurse you know how healthcare providers they diagnose themselves and everybody around them shoot I've even been known to diagnose movie characters okay um, when we go to the movies Uh, At any rate, I could not think of anything um, to diagnose my son with, but I just knew that um, he wasn't uh, being as normal as a child his age could be um, simply because of uh, some of the general behaviors that he had. And since I had two previous children, I could compare his behaviors with theirs. Well, the doctor said that he was too young to be tested for anything because he was still growing and learning. And so, anyways, um, later on, uh, and I'll get to that, he was later diagnosed with autism. So, the moral of that uh, doctor story is to um, let you all know that there's nothing more right than a mother's intuition, okay? So, if you think something is wrong with your kid... um, you may need to go ahead and insist on him getting tested by the doctors. Um, I think that they are diagnosing autism um, spectrum disorders at a younger age. I want to say 18 months um, is when they are starting to uh, diagnose um the children and um there are certain signs and symptoms that um you 
are supposed to be watching out for and those vary um and we could get into that but if you would just google um signs and symptoms of autism and if that relates to anything that your child is exhibiting then you can move forward from there um i may just do an autism scope altogether, but um i'm saying scope because i am on periscope sometimes but podcasts so i may just talk about autism later but this podcast is to clarify um the podcast episode seven since i was talking so low and i feel like this story is important to someone who may be listening who um either knows someone or have a child with autism now then that may be more true than not since one in 58 children have autism it used to be a long time ago that um we didn't even know the word autism um however when we did find out um what scientists are saying today is autism i remember when it was like one in 68 then it was one in 28 and then it was one in 98 then it was one in 68 now it's one in 58 and um like i said today is december 21st 2018 by the time um the end of next year come it may be one in 42 and how they are getting these numbers i believe is more and more people are aware and they are taking their children in to be tested for um uh, the the um diagnoses of autism and um um asperger's and things of that nature so i'm gonna get back to my story um my son uh like i said he um the doctor said he was too young so at this time he was in daycare and his daycare teacher just told me all he did was sleep all day and i uh, i'm like okay that's probably fairly normal for him because at night he would be up um all night um if he wasn't crying he was just up he was just awake all night he could not sleep so his circadian rhythm was messed up you know he got his days and nights mixed up so um at this time when he was going to daycare and everybody was learning their abcs and one two threes he was asleep of course um when he was at home with us on the weekend um we taught him but um you know we knew that he uh he would he would reply back to the teaching but our teachings were very simple and um you know we we just thought that maybe there was something that he had to grow into it was something about um the way he was growing and so then he went to kindergarten um he you know went to public school went to kindergarten and um his teacher would um tell us that he was sleeping all day in class and um there were little incidents where um he would hide inside of the classroom like on behind the coats and things like that and so um i decided to um, go ahead and make an appointment with a specialist here um uh, our 
specialist in our town is called Dennis Developmental Center and they are connected to um, the only children's hospital here in um, the state of Arkansas, Arkansas Children's Hospital. And so um, they begin the testing with him. Um, that waiting list was about a year out, but I also put him on the cancellation list, which um, bumped him up to about two or three months, I think, after the appointment. So uh, we went ahead and went to the appointment and they tested him and they diagnosed him with um, some severe uh, developmental delays. And then I took that paperwork to the school uh, psychologist. And so the school um, will test your child for free. But since um, I had already made the appointment, I didn't want to cancel it because, like I said before, their appointments, their waiting list was uh, one year. And so I went ahead and had uh, him tested with Dennis Developmental Center. And then I took the results, gave those results to the district. Then they continued the testing with what Dennis Developmental said, as well as what their district does by a clinical school psychologist and um, the speech therapist was involved as well and um, the special needs teacher um, the special education um, teacher um, got involved in, in as far as the testing was concerned and so at the end of kindergarten they actually did diagnose him with um, autism and so then we developed um, when your child has special needs, um, you are, have the opportunity, um, which I highly suggest that you take full um, advantage of this opportunity to create an individualized education plan, which is called an IEP. Um, in um, there, there are other plans that you can um, uh, that you can. Uh, you have the opportunity to uh, participate in and one is also the 504 the 504 is more for uh, modifications for children with ADHD and things that are not so severe but his was uh, he was so de developmentally delayed with uh, his learning and everything that um, we need he needed an IEP and so we sat down with the school district we met uh, with the school it wasn't a district it was the principal and the vice principal and those people his teachers we mapped out what he should be learning what he needed to do to um improve or make sure that he was you know good in all areas of learning and so we worked out the details and then the mission was on well one day my husband and I went to the school to check him out and uh, uh, I, I decided to sit in the car that particular day and um, I it, you know everybody was leaving the school and the parking lot was becoming more and more empty when my husband was inside of the school and I'm like my goodness like usually he just goes in he checks him out or he gets him and he comes back you know to the car with within you know what three to five minutes and so this had been going this had been i don't know maybe 15 minutes or so so i called my husband inside the school on his cell phone and i said what's taking you so long 
and my husband proceeds to tell me that they could not find Pop. And I jumped out the car, I ran inside the school, and I'm like, where is he? Where in the, everybody, I mean, all the adults, the children were gone, there were adults still there, and they're like, well, we don't know, he was here one minute, next minute he was. So I ran back outside, and at this time, just that quick, um, there was a, a teacher standing outside directing the traffic of vehicles and making sure no children were in the street, etc. She was holding Pop's hand. So I asked her, where did you get him from? And she proceeded to say, some gentleman pulled up, put him out of the car and said he figured that, you know, Pop belonged to that school because he had on a uniform. He found him walking down the street. So I literally lost my mind that day, okay? And I demanded that he got a para. And so if you didn't understand me the on the episode 7, a paraprofessional is someone that the school hires to um be with that child at all times during the school day sometimes they hire nurses but that's only if the child has um more um, physical needs um, like tube feeding and things of that nature um, in wheelchairs needing to go to the bathroom but for most part for the most part they hire these paraprofessionals who have done either some type of uh, cna work or have been paraprofessionals um before and so um my son there they called him high functioning because he could uh walk talk and see and and feed himself but in in reality um he needed prompting to do those things i mean you know he didn't need prompt prompting to walk but um he he did have a eating uh issue earlier um in in um in school so um this kid had gotten out of the school and could not tell anyone his mom name his dad name his teacher name his school name his his address he couldn't tell anybody anything so like i said i demanded a pair and they gave him one and um but it happened again um, the um, escape. Um, there was a parent who told us that she came up to the school early and picked her children up as well as the neighbor's kid. And Pop happened to be in the back of her se- back seat of her car, unbeknownst to how he got there. So she said she got the kids, she got in the car, and she cranked up the car, and she decided something strange she looks back and pop is sitting in the middle of those children now how he got back there from the her walking the kids to her vehicle i don't know but it was a good six of them and so she brought him back inside the school and told him that he was not one of her children she did not know how he got in the car with her with um them and so that was his second escape so that scared me so bad that I really kind of developed a lot of anxiety and worried, worry about, you know, just being worried about him, his safety and everything like that. So um, 
You know, I would be at work and just thinking about making sure he's safe and things of that nature. So we had meetings and we had more meetings to individualize his plans. And for the most part, I told them um, that I could teach him at home. All I needed him to do was be safe. Us, all I needed him them to do was keep him safe inside the school. So Pop continued to try to get away from the school, um, but he would get caught by the nurse or the music teacher and other adults that would stop him at the door before he got away. And they did disclose this information to me after, um, you know, while we each in each IEP meeting, they would say, well, he tried to escape on this day and this day, but we did catch him, the cafeteria workers and all that. Even though he had a para, he would get away from her and try to get out. And so we eventually uh, got a para that um, stuck to him like white on rice and wouldn't let him get away and so um he began to hate school well he probably did uh, before but he couldn't tell us but now he was able to express um that he didn't like to go and he stopped eating and um he also became severely constipated because he stopped going to the bathroom as well so um you know, that led to us uh, getting the doctors um, to write orders to provide supplements for his lunch to be kept in the nurse's office. His para had special instructions to uh, either warm up his food or make sure he had an insure. And um, the teachers uh, and principals were like, telling me he can't do this because he's he's special you can't you can't provide supplements for him because when I had personally looked up the laws I had wrote letters about the law I had you know I try to do everything within the law like I'm just not gonna expect you to do something for my kid because I think he's cute because he is cute however um the law says that he can't have this and as a matter of fact I could have demanded a person in the cafeteria to specially cook his food etc etc but I'm like no I'm just gonna send him a corn dog and his pair can warm it up in the microwave for 30 seconds so they proceeded to tell me that other children were jealous that's not my problem okay I just want my son to eat lunch so I had a doctor write a note write a prescription for my son to have his food warmed up I had him to write a prescription for um him to have his supplements his insured pediatric supplements and I had to have him write a prescription to let him go to the bathroom whenever he felt the urge so um that you know that's you know the fight was just a, a back and forth you know a back and forth with the school district to make sure he was good so around the third grade um you know that's when the fight really got bad they decided that he was fine and he didn't need a pair anymore and so um we bought a device that we got from walmart 
and it's a little silver device and you may have seen it in some of the magazines or um the women's magazines or whatever or over by the blood pressure cuffs at the walmart it's called the five star urgent device and the device is about 29 to 39 dollars it depends on which walmart you go to and um we had a doctor write a prescription for this too it's a locator and uh, we would clip the locator onto his pants and um he we taught him how to press the button and um if he was ever scared or in trouble anyways um let me go back to the locator the locator comes with a 1-800 number you call the 1-800 number you um you know you turn the device on and you give them information that they need they you know lock you in and everything and um activate the locator and it's about $19 a month so if you know anybody who needs something like that it's probably good for elderlies as well and it's kind of like a tracker but um when you press the button like when he would press the it's on all the time and it comes with a charger so if he pressed the button and he says mom i'm hurt or whatever they would immediately call me and the appropriate authorities all while recording where he's at it takes about three seconds for the operator to answer and um he or she makes certain to call his name to get his attention so um they would you know my name is terry and so they would um say terry are you okay terry are you okay so they would call him uh, by his name and make sure that he's okay while recording um of course the school didn't like that and they didn't want it so the principal would call me every day and say the device is beeping the device is beeping the device is beeping well the device was not beeping um, because the other teachers and the other um, pairs, not his, but people that were around him stated that they didn't hear any beeping. She just wanted me to come up and just take it off of him. And so um, wanted me to go back and forth, you know, so um, we went back and forth adjusting his IEP and fighting for his safety and we prayed about it and we worked with him uh, about how to handle certain situations work my son about how to handle certain situations and everything meanwhile he was still like you know he would go every day but he didn't like it he would cry every day I mean he would be sick most days um, he would be late late to school every day and later we found out that since he did not have a para, his teachers were um, um, instructing the other students to help him. Now that goes back to the episode I was talking about yesterday where um, I was saying that, you know, some teachers aren't prepared to teach children with autism um, and some um, you know, special education teachers don't have that, um, that, at, you know, that education on how to approach because all autism children are different. 
no two autism children have the same they have some similarities in their diagnoses but just like you and I are different they are as well so um we hired a special education lawyer who by the way charged about $200 an hour she made the calls she wrote the letters she sent the emails to all the appropriate parties involved and they actually pretended to do what we requested when in reality they simply ignored all of our requests and um you know I know that because the pair of other the pairs of other children were telling me that you know they were ignoring everything that we requested because I would speak to them and ask them are these things being implemented and so um back to I keep rewinding back to because I keep remembering things but um when they were assigning the other students to teach him the other students were also um teasing him and bullying him and torturing him at the same time and so um we later found that out uh and we talked to the school about that had a meeting about that and all that you know and i all i have to say is thank god for jesus because we pled the blood of jesus over him and he suddenly started making new friends and and um it it seemed to help him want to stay inside the school now he never wanted to actually you know go there go go to school but he did want to go to see his friends and so um that was a good thing so anyways he he started learning a little better once he connected with a couple of the boys there and um and um, he uh, started doing better in school far as, as far as we saw. Uh, he did have a few issues, but there was nothing that um, a letter, phone call, or me coming up talking to the assistant principal that, you know, we quickly solved them. Um, there was one guy that tortured him so bad, I, it made me cry. And so we went to church on a Wednesday night, and um, in prayer, I was crying. And so um, I talked to the pastor and his wife and they prayed for me and and, uh, my son. And the very next day, my son went to school and he he said, Mom, do you remember that kid? And I said, yes. He said he moved away. So thank God for Jesus. okay? because, honey, if I tell you we didn't pray that baby up at that school, we sure did. So, moving forward with this story, um, he he started sixth grade, which sixth grade, um, they had to go to um, another school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade is another school, middle school, and um, the fight started all over again with a different school. Um, they, he couldn't open his locker, um, he was you know you only get five minutes to go to your locker go to the bathroom get your books you know go to your locker get your books go to the bathroom and then make it to class well he wasn't able to do that and so my husband and I decided to um go to school with him and we literally got up with him drove him to school went went inside the school sat in the school first period second period third period 
you know we went all day lunch we went all day to school with him just to make sure to um show him the way and we did this with the principal's permission as visitors as well as we you know got a background check on ourselves because we didn't want anybody um we act you know saying anything we did it through the school district make sure that we were clear um you know um we didn't want any other parents to uh feel uh, threatened by our presence and so we went through a volunteer application through the district to get um uh cleared for a background check and so we did that ourselves and so um we went to school with him we went to school with him with school then we kind of kind of pretended we weren't there in the back and um and try to see how he would process and how he would adjust and how we could help him in between the classes Uh, we didn't want him to get mad and upset and run off um and so um it had just came to uh, a point where i started doing research and found videos and read books about homeschooling and it uh, after about four months of doing that i decided to bring him home because um for one the school it, it he he was going to me uh, and i'm his mom he seemed like he was going in in reverse seems like he was um going back to being a baby and so um i didn't like it i felt like he was um going back to uh, being real introverted and quiet and things like that and so um i just was like you know i had this really really deep down funny feeling to just get him out of there the schools were full of police officers with guns um with like real police officers not the school police officers that we went to school with but like really town police officers they walked in one line you know they stood over the kids with bullhorns screaming at them while they ate and it i never been to prison i don't want to go okay but it reminded me of the prison movies that i seen and that's just really one of the reasons so um when he was in third grade he was on third grade level when he was in sixth grade he was on third grade level and so um after i brought him home to homeschool him we got him um on a sixth grade level um and he's technically ninth grade but literally sixth grade so that you know we'll take that as long as he keeps progressing and so we do a lot of comprehensive things that um are made up of several different lessons the only difference that we do here is we do one-on-ones with him and we break up those times um to teach Uh, we do a lot of reading as well so he can read um, not as well as i would love for him to but he can read and he does comprehend very well the one-on-one has worked awesome 
Um, so that being said, I hope to have clarified the story and filled in some gaps that I missed in the first episode. Um, he is growing. He's doing great. He is presently 5'11", 221. Yep. My baby is 14 years old. He's 5'11", and 221 pounds. But... That's because we let him eat whatever he wants, and that's our fault. And of course, we we are, you know we try talk to him about his diet, and we're trying to help him with his diet. But we eat whatever we want to, and so really that's the issue. <laughs> Anyways, he is not on any medications except melatonin and some warm water with honey, and he's growing. He's he's doing great. He's reading. Um, he's even had his, um, had a little, um, um, chance to create a YouTube channel. Uh, if you, if you guys are listening and you ever get a chance, you can go check him out. If you've gotten this far in the story, you can go check him out at, um, Masters Clone Studio on YouTube. And it's like a little Lego channel that he did, uh, a year or so ago where when he was bored at home he decided to do that and i think it's pretty funny uh he has 29 subscribers and hey i i'll have to say i am one of them i'm trying to talk him to getting back on there but um you know when these kids grow up and find something else to do then that's what they do again my name is terry i am a nurse educator and a cpr instructor and i am a homeschool mom so if you guys need more information about homeschool, autism, how I do it, um, you can send me a message through the podcast or email me at info at thenurseinformant.com. By the way, if you haven't already, stop by my blog, thenurseinformant.wordpress.com and check it out. Okay, until next time, take care.